Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Two days. Two days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training and Tom Ackerman with you bringing in. Chris Raby, who will be one of our many people on the scene, but he'll be anchoring a lot of our coverage from that beautiful complex, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Chris is in St. Louis and is very close to heading south. How are you, Chris? Good. What's going on, man? What's going on? Are you ready to roll? Let's do this. Yeah, trying to uh, get ready to head out and escape some of this dreary weather so no complaints excited to get down there yeah it's pretty gross out there today here in st louis uh, i gotta That's say terrible. pretty it's gross uh what are you expecting to see when you get there what do you think is the biggest storyline for you as the cardinals embark on this defense of the nl central title the fact that the offense is not improved from a personnel standpoint you have the same group and even minus uh, two of your bigger offensive pieces over the last couple of years in Marcelo Zuna and Jose Martinez. So, you know, I understand that the club wants to get a look at some of the young outfielders and, and give them an opportunity, and that could very well work. But as far as questions and as far as things that will be talked about, it's that, you know, this lineup is going to look the same minus two big pieces uh, and that has been the deficiency over the last couple of years. The Cardinals have not, to this point, found an external way to improve the lineup and try to do anything to make the offense better. Uh, I do think that, you know, maybe Lane Thomas, maybe a couple of guys could uh, could step up and, and provide some punch for the lineup. But, you know, right now, I, I think that's certainly a fair question. Let's talk about the external first, and the obvious name is Nolan Arenado, who is a world-class talent. He's probably the best third baseman in the game. Not probably. He is. He plays for the Colorado Rockies, though, and he's under contract. Chris, right now, how do you view that situation? If the Cardinals were to evaluate Nolan Arenado, how long could it go where a deal could be struck? Is patience well, required? If you evaluate him, you yeah, see one of the best players in baseball, but therein lies maybe the issue is that the Rockies don't really have an onus to trade him right now. He hasn't demanded a trade. He hasn't, uh, you know, uh, given them a situation like Mookie Betts where he's coming up on free agency. He signed that mega extension last year. So, you know, 
the Rockies, I think, could ask for the world right now and sit back and they'd probably be smart to. I think that there's been a bit of a presumption that, uh, at least from fans maybe and, and people that, that I hear from on the show and on social media that like the Rockies are going to move him. So the Cardinals better get involved. You know, I don't think that that's fair. Um, You know, I think that if the Cardinals really wanted that guy, maybe they would have been connected to Anthony Rendon in free agency. I just, I think that in today's trade market for a player like that under that much control, um, who even has question marks surrounding his opt out potentially next year, I just think it would take a lot to get him. And I'm not sure at this point that would align with the Cardinals' philosophy and with how they want to handle the assets that they have in their organization, you know? So um, I think right now uh, Colorado is in a position of strength because they have leverage if they decide that they do want to move him or do want to explore some deals for him. And I think at this point, just my opinion, if you were going to acquire him, it would take a whole lot. And maybe maybe at this point, again, just my opinion, maybe more than the Cardinals would be willing to give up. I would say let this thing play out a little bit. Let him go to spring training. Let's see. He's been quoted already as saying that he feels disrespected by the franchise. Let's see how that plays out in February, March, April, May, and June. I mean, you have until the end of July for something to happen. And in the meantime, the Cardinals have to figure out who is going to grab an opportunity. And if that happens, then they'll feel very good about the decision of letting their young players develop. I think the two names that really jump out, and we'll talk about the number one prospect in the organization in just a moment, are two major league ready players, and they are Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill. How do you see them battling out for that left field spot? Yeah, I think that both guys are um, going to be given every opportunity this spring. I I would have loved to see what Lane Thomas would have been able to do last year at the end of the year if he hadn't gotten hurt because he he was so good and so good offensively in the minors and in AAA last year and then, you know, was really starting to make an impact at the big league level when he came up before he suffered that wrist injury. So I think he will get – Every chance, I think O'Neill will also. For Tyler O'Neill, you know, it might be time to kind of figure out, is he a big league guy and is he a guy that can play every day? And, and will that power translate? Will he show a little bit more play discipline and the ability to get on base? Or is he kind of the 4A player that, you know, can go down and, and hit home runs with regularity in AAA, but then struggle in the major leagues? Fair questions, I think. Um, I think both are strong defensively. Uh, and I'm eager to see what happens. I just, I'm really intrigued with Lane Thomas. I think that part of some of the reason maybe we've seen some of the moves that we've seen, whether it was first DFAing Adalis Garcia and then trading Randy Rosarena, is because of Lane Thomas. And, you know, while he doesn't necessarily look uh, at first glance like a guy who might project for a lot of power, you know, he, uh, he hit for a lot of power last year. He slugged 460 in Memphis, uh, 34 games in the big leagues. He had four home runs. Um, he had a OPS of, you know, above a thousand. I, I really like the way he projects. And I think that the Cardinals are, are bullish on him as well. So I'm eager to see what, what he could do. And, um, you know, excited to see those guys battle out. I think that Thomas may be a little bit more of, of a leash perhaps just because O'Neill, you know, we've kind of seen it and, at some point, you've got to figure out, again, if he's not going to be that everyday guy, can he help you 
at the start of the season off the bench. What would be the best role for him? But, uh, yeah, certainly both those guys in the mix. And then there's this guy. Here's a ball lifted into right, pushing back Thompson-Williams, and this is gone. Dylan Carlson with his 19th home run of the season. Out to right. Cardinals get one back. It's three to one. For the Springfield Cardinals, Dylan Carlson, the Texas League most valuable player last year. He is a top 10 prospect in all of baseball, Chris. A switch hitter who can do it all, can play all three outfield positions. What needs to happen this spring for him to be part of the Major League roster? I would say that'd be pretty drastic. Well, I think that he would have to give them their choice. And, you know, we will see Dylan Carlson very, very soon. It's just a matter of when. Um, I think that uh, as tantalizing as it is to consider one of the Cardinals' best position prospects in, in quite some time breaking camp with the club, you know, it's still a guy who just turned 21 this offseason. He'll play this entire season at age 21. Um, he's got about 400 professional games under his belt and only about 125 of those. So, you know, just short of a third of those have come above a ball. So I think it would take, you know, something drastic, but looking at what he did last year, I would never, I would never rule that out. I mean, it was remarkable what he was able to do last year at double a and, and then in the short stint in triple a and, you know, he provides such a unique skill set to the Cardinals in terms of what he can do uh, from both sides of the plate, what he can do with power, what his speed affords him to do. He stole 20 bases last year, uh, what he can do defensively, the versatility that he has. So, again, a guy who is very, very, very young, uh, but they clearly have, um, you know, started to set the table in terms of his arrival. It just now is a question of, of when that comes. And, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he plays his way onto this team. But I would think, and again, just speculating, I would think that if all goes according to plan, you would be able to fill the outfield and, and fill especially that left field position with, you know, Lane Thomas or Tyler O'Neill, for instance, and then be able to get Carlson more everyday playing time in AAA for the first I don't know, a few months of the season, like you reach that crossroads at some point, if a 21 year old does break camp, you know, as polished as he is at a professional level, he still gets a taste of the big leagues. And then if he struggles, you know, do you keep playing him every day? Do you put him on the bench? What good does that do him? Do you send him down to AAA? So, you know, I would think that uh, maybe best case scenario would be, you know, filling that spot and then letting Carlson flourish and, and get more at bats uh, in AAA. And then, welcome him up to uh, the big leagues at some point this season, and hopefully he makes a massive impact. Hall of Famer Chris Pronger is going to join us in five minutes. Right now we're talking to Chris Raby, discussing Cardinals as he gets ready to head to spring training. And just a couple of things left for you, Chris. Pitching. I would imagine that Carlos Martinez is the one name that really changes everything. If he's ready to go in the rotation, then that solidifies that. If he isn't, he could very well close, couldn't he? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's done just about everything, and uh, he's done it with with relative ease, kind of transitioning from spot to spot. But his stuff is just, you know, so good. And he's just, what, two years removed from that all-star season in 2017. He's been really, really good the last couple of years, no matter where he's been. And I think that, you know, with Carlos, if the shoulder can be healthy and can permit him to – start every five days, then 
that would be quite a weapon in the rotation. I mean, I think that, and I've talked about this, Tom, before, like I think sometimes we take for granted just how young Carlos still is and how much he's accomplished at the big league level because of how early he was in the big leagues and how early he was contributing to the Cardinals. You know, he was up at age 21, so Dylan Carlson's age. Like, consider that for a second. He was up at age 21 in 2013 and pitching, you know, for the Cardinals in a pennant race and then was a full-time starter at age 23 and an all-star in 2015. Um, He's 27 right now. Last year was his age 27 year. He just turned 28 uh, a couple of months ago. And, you know, to put that into perspective, like the example I always use, Max Scherzer didn't make his first all-star game until age 28 in 2013 and that's also when he you know won his first cyan award so apples and oranges i know but it just goes to show sometimes i think what the maturity uh level for a pitcher can be what that learning curve can be and the fact is that carlos is is still very very young he'll pitch all this year at age 28 and uh you know a guy that if he's right if he's healthy i think can be as electric as as anyone in the national league Final thing, Chris, lay it out for us, what your coverage will be like here on KMOX and KMOX.com as you get ready to head to Jupiter. Yeah, really excited. We'll be down uh, starting tomorrow and basically have everything covered around the clock on social media, sports open line each evening, and really looking forward to seeing kind of how the spring develops. You know, two weeks from yesterday, so just under two weeks now is the first spring game on Saturday the 23rd so it'll be uh it'll be moving quickly and I think still some questions to answer so excited to uh to be down on the scene starting tomorrow 29 of the 30 exhibition games will be broadcast either on KMOX, the Cardinals Radio Network, and Cardinals.com on our stream. Mike Shannon, John Rooney, Rick Horton, Mike Claiborne will handle it on the radio side. And on the stream will be Mike Claiborne, Kyle McClellan, Chris Raby, and I'll be joining in with Chris. Our first game together will be on March 9th against the Twins in Fort Myers. And I look forward to hearing you in the booth uh, coming up later this month. Can't wait. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to everyone uh, from Florida tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thank you, buddy. There's Chris Uh, Ravey. Terrific job he does covering the Cardinals. We'll come back. Hall of Famer Chris Pronger will be with us. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Pronger from weight back to weight to Kachuk. Out to Pronger. He shoots. He scores! Oh, baby! The Blues and the Leafs. Chris, there's, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm missing one thing. But uh, on behalf of the St. Louis Blues and Mr. Tom Stillman, for all you've done for the St. Louis Blues and beyond, it's honor for me to tell you that sometime next season, we are going to retire your number 44 to the left. What a moment for Chris Pronger yesterday before the game. He had it revealed to him by none other than Hall of Famer Al McInnes that number 44 will be raised to the rafters sometime next season. And joining us live on KMOX is the Hall of Famer Chris Pronger. How are you, Prongs, and congratulations. I'm doing great, Tommy. How you doing? Doing great. What a moment that was. What was going through your mind when Al unleashed that one on you? <laughs> well, well, he kept... Prior, just prior to that clip, he kept saying, 
well, right, Chris, you know, and so I kept talking, like thinking, okay, I guess he wants me to talk longer. And then I think he got a little rattled because I kept talking. <laughs> he was trying to figure out the time to say it. And finally I stopped and he's like, wow, we got one more thing. So it was, uh, no, it was uh, very special. And, and obviously to have my family and, and everybody down there and, um, you know, it, uh, you know, it's pretty surreal. You know, it's funny. I was, I was looking at a clip of it uh, this morning and I guess it just shows you how quick on, on my feet I am. I'm looking at the names of the guys that are up in the Raptors, and Al is number two. He's on the end. And then you got Barkley and Bobby and Brett and Bernie and Brian, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm the C. So the A's and the C's are the bookends, and and the B's are in the middle, and uh, and then you got Dan Kelly on the other end. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat to, uh, to be able to look up there and see uh, kind of figure out where it's going to be going yeah you nailed it because you don't want to get caught in the middle of that is leaving somebody out right exactly <laughs> no I, <laughs> exactly you got to make sure you know who's up there <laughs> i mean al mckinnon for al to give you that news had to have been special the two of you were teammates and great ones what a what a guy what a friend yeah no it was uh it was great getting it from him he certainly was a big part of uh of uh you know my time here in st louis and and learning from him as to how to be a pro, how to approach practice and training and and uh, preparation for games and, and things of that nature. And, you know, when you have veterans like that that you can, can lean on in, in, you know, moments like when I first got here and with all the different adversities that I faced and uh, how I was playing and the pressure of, uh, of uh, you know, the trade and, and who I was traded for and all the rest of that, it was uh, – you know, great to have him and, and Holly and Fierzy and, and Jeff Cornell and, and then ultimately Wayne Gretzky. So it was, uh, you know, we had a great great group of veterans uh, helping me when I first got uh, got to the team here. And, and certainly once uh, once I got rid of the Boo Birds and started getting some cheers, uh, things turned around from there. That was a lot. And, of course, we're talking about the trade uh, for Brendan Shanahan and Chris Pronger came over. There was also a moment of health that you had to overcome multiple times, but the the one that I remember and that actually happened before I covered you. I started covering you in '97, but before that was when you were hit uh, right in the chest, in the heart, uh, in Detroit, Chris. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was just uh, I, I'll never forget watching that on TV. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very. I had never. I, I think at the time, I don't think very many people knew what was going on and how things had transpired. And um, you know, it wasn't until after I got hit and started talking to some of the doctors that they told me that it's a common occurrence in little league baseball players. And and what happens? A lot of them, because they're not fully formed and they don't have the strength, they die. And because I was more developed and a little bit older, I uh, you know I was fortunate enough to to uh, live and. At the time, I didn't think it was that big a deal. And then ultimately, as I started doing a little bit more research, uh, what happened was I got hit in the heart right when my heart was about to beat. I missed one one heartbeat, and there's that much oxygen in your body being pushed through your body by your heart in that one beat that I passed out. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for a lot of younger kids, uh, they are not they don't have the strength to restart, and, and they pass away. But uh, it was... Uh, I think had it happened a little bit later in my career, it probably would have been a little bit scarier <laughs> at the time. You're a little younger, you're dumb and just want to play and, and show how tough you are and things like that. I probably would have been a little bit scarier had it happened uh, 
later on in my career. You loved playing for the Blues, didn't you? I mean, you had some great rivalries. Red Wings were just one of them. But playing for the St. Louis crowd, never ultimately raising the cup as the team did this past season. But there were some close calls. There were some tough, frustrating moments. But I'm sure you look back on your time with the St. Louis Blues finally, and a lot of it has to do with these fans. They really did take to you. No, absolutely. You know, I think when you look back on my 10 years here, nine seasons, and 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 you look at all that we were able to accomplish, really the the one thing that that, that kind of gives it the asterisk is we weren't able to win a cup here. And and uh, as we all saw last year, the, the party that they had and, and the way that the city came together around the team and, and all that, that just speaks to the passion that the fans and the city has for the St. Louis Blues and the organization and, and the players. And, you know, it, it, you know, it leaves a little bitter, t- bitter taste in your mouth that you weren't able to accomplish it here. Uh, we had some really good teams, but, you know, as Al mentioned yesterday, we run into, you know, the Dallas or uh, Detroit dynasty and then Dallas and then Colorado, you know, it just, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you need the, the bounces and the breaks uh, at different times in the course of a series or a game. And, and uh, unfortunately for us, we weren't able to get that, but uh, um, you know, it, my my time here in St. Louis was uh, was fantastic. You know, I, I talked about it yesterday a little bit. It didn't get off to a great start, but you know, now we come full circle some twenty uh, twenty five years later, and and uh, to be able to say that they're going to raise my number into the Raptors is uh, is very surreal and special. That two thousand team, the ninety nine two thousand team, was unbelievable. It's one of the greatest Blues teams of all time. Hart Trophy winner. Chris Pronger won the MVP and the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman in the same year. Can you even put into words what that will feel like to see 44 go up there? Yeah, I don't think I don't think yet. I think once uh, once there's a date for for the ceremony and then the banner raising and then things will kind of get a little bit more real and and you start thinking about, uh, you know, all the people that helped get you there and, and your family and your parents and, and all your friends that have uh, supported you over the years. It, uh, you know, I'm sure the emotions will kind of come to the forefront. You start trying to write a speech and figure out what, who you want to thank and what you want to say. It, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, but it'll be uh, very emotional, I'm sure. Chris Pronger is currently with another NHL team. He's with the Florida Panthers and has been for a while now. He's the senior advisor of hockey operations for the Panthers. How are things going with that Eastern Conference team? Well, we're uh, we're a little up and down. We we were pretty playing pretty well heading into the bye week and the All Star break, and then uh, since then we've uh, you know been okay. Um, you know, I think we can we can be a little bit more consistent. I think that's been the knock on our team over the last number of years is consistency hasn't been there. Uh, we can certainly score a lot of goals. It's a matter of defending and, and keeping the puck out of our net. So we've got to shore up that end on a consistent basis and in order to be, uh, you know, not only a playoff team, but a contender for the Stanley Cup. Currently three points out of a playoff spot in the East with 64 points. I want to ask you about another team, the MICDS Rams. Is that right? They have four starters that are six, seven. And one of them's your boy, Jack Pronger, <laughs> man. Yeah. They've got, that's a long way from when I played there. I'll tell you that. Yeah. They've, uh, they've got some big kids and, uh, uh, you know what? He has a lot of fun doing it. And my younger boy is, is playing on the ninth grade team and has a lot of fun with his buddies. And, 
you know what? They enjoy it. They, uh, you know, they're going to play lacrosse in the spring and kind of get the full MICDS sports experience. So it's been, uh, it's been great uh, education for them as well as uh, a lot of friends. And as you know, uh, you know, the, the friends that you make, they're lifelong and, and they've had uh, a great experience. What's it like for you? I, I, my daughter, Audrey, plays basketball. She had a game yesterday. They won. She's a third grader. I'm not sure that I've ever watched a sporting event closer than when she's on the floor. I mean, I'm I'm all over it. I say, I don't, not a yeller and screamer. I just watch very closely. How, how do you view it as a dad? <laughs> You're not a yeller and screamer? No, no, no. No. Uh, I, I, I try to extract that from, you know, like, for instance, on Friday, I was at his basketball game and one of the other mothers was sitting next to me and I was just sitting there watching and all this drama's unfolding and pressure and all that. And she's like, Oh, you're not nervous. I go, I'm not, why would I be nervous? I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not, I got nothing to do with this. I got no say in this game. You know, I'm just watching and, and enjoying the play and you know, win or lose you, you want to see your child have success and have fun. But at the, at the very least uh, you want to be able to take the, something away from the game and, and, you know, learn something new each and every time they, they play a sport. And it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting watching your kids where I think a lot of people think you're going to be uh, like a sports dad and in people's faces and screaming and yelling. And um, when, you've, when you've coached your kids growing up and you've seen a lot of crazy sports parents, you just kind of extract yourself a little bit and back off and, and let uh, and let them have their fun. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, kids sports and, and high school athletics it's it's supposed to be fun and about the camaraderie and the socialism uh, socialism socialize socializing with your friends and um you know i think uh, as you develop those friendships and and uh relationships with your teammates and then even against your opponents it's uh it's great for for the kids and and you know hopefully the the future of our country I would highly recommend a follow of Chris Pronger on Instagram. Every time I look on there, he's traveling to some beautiful locale. You and your lovely wife, Lauren. Where are you headed next? Oh, well, I'm uh, about to jump on a flight to Philly to go watch the Panthers tomorrow night. Beautiful Philadelphia. Uh, yes, the city of brotherly love. My <laughs> former Flyers. Uh, we'll see how we do against them, fighting with them for a playoff spot. But uh, uh, nothing really, no. Heading to... Uh, Let's see here. We're going to Vegas for the trade deadline. We're out and we play in Vegas and Arizona. So I'll be out there with the Panthers and uh, no, not nothing really going on this month. It's pretty quiet. Just uh, a little bit of work with the Panthers and making sure we're, uh, we're prepared for deadline day and then uh, seeing how the team plays out after that. My mom just texted me. She said, I love that Pronger calls you Tommy. That's what, that's what my old buddies call me. What am I going to do? That's right. <laughs> hey, thanks. I'm really happy for you. Congratulations, right. 44. You deserve it, and I can't wait till that number goes up there. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you. Chris Pronger, the Hall of Famer, with us on KMOX. We'll take a break. Oh, man, another one of my friends. is uh, He is champing at the bit, I know, to get on the air. Kenny Wallace will join us from Daytona next. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning. The tradition here in St. Louis. Tom Ackerman with you. And, man, it's good to be talking to Kenny Wallace again. He joins us from Daytona. We're a week away from the Daytona 500, and Kenny is back on KMOX. How are you, Kenny? I'm doing good, and I might add that I am just maybe a couple hours north of Jupiter, Florida, the home of our uh, 11-time world champion, St. Louis Cardinals. 
I bet you're excited about this season getting started. Pitchers and catchers in two days, Kenny. I am. I'm very excited. You know, uh, well, let me see. Jose Martinez is gone. Marcelo Zuna is gone. But I, I see, you know, our Cardinals doing what it takes to, you know, get deeper into the uh, postseason. I was thrilled to death. I thought, I thought 2019 was a lot of fun. And listen, we were one series away from going to the World Series, and uh, you know, I can't ask any more out of uh, of our Cardinals than that. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what happens uh, coming out of spring training. We have high standards for this club. We want them to win the World Series every year, and I don't think we'd want that any other way. We want the passion. We want the determination, and the Cardinals are going to go after it, and I know their fans are going to be right on top of it. Kenny Wallace is one of the biggest St. Louis fans I know. He loves the Blues. We just had Chris Pronger on right before you. Number 44 is going to have his number retired. Blues are... Uh, lagging a little bit here, but the Stanley Cup champions, we can give them a little a little time on that one, can't we? We have to, you know, because they've given us everything. Uh, you know, uh, competition's funny. I, you know, I've been involved in it my whole life. Uh, I can remember our Cardinals. Uh, well, let me, let me back up by saying this. We, we learn, right? We don't know everything. And when I look at some of our World Series wins, when you go back through that year, you know, the Cardinals, a couple times, I think you remember this, Tom, where we lost eight in a row during the regular season. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to panic, but we, we uh, listen, you know, these are our blues. They've ignited our city, and I am not the type of person, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the fans, are not the type to, you know, judge our team in one week, you know, or even one month from what we learned last year. Last year was a learning experience, my Lord. Uh, one of the biggest turnaround in sports history, you know, as we all know. So, uh, yeah, uh, they're not winning everything right now, but, you know, all is good still. No question about it. Kenny Wallace is with us, one of the most popular drivers Ever in NASCAR, I would say. Uh, the, people just love talking to him. The, you can just feel the personality. That's why he became a TV personality. Now, I would call you an Internet sensation. You're all over social media. You do a terrific job, <laughs> especially on, on Twitter, promoting what you're doing. You just uh, drove recently, didn't you? Yes. So uh, right now we're down here in Daytona Beach, Florida. I might add the World Center of Speed, home of the Daytona International Motor Speedway, and it's uh, the home of you know our most famous race, the Daytona 500, that is coming up uh, next Sunday. So today is Sunday, not today. Today they are qualifying for the Daytona 500. So check that out. I believe on Fox or FS1, either one. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm still, you know, very much a part of NASCAR. But I personally am down here racing my dirt car. Uh, I love dirt racing. It's a lot of fun. I'm still very active. I, I guess I'm semi-retired from the point that I don't work for anybody anymore. I don't work for Fox. I don't work for Sirius XM Radio. But uh, I give motivational speeches all over the United States. I represent my sponsors, like UNOH, which is a, a university out of Lima, Ohio. And uh, we did an orientation day here in Florida a couple of days ago. So that's what I'm up to nowadays. Love my life. 
live right there in Arnold, Missouri, right down Interstate 55 in St. Louis. And, uh, yeah, so we're down here in Daytona kicking off the start of race season just for everybody, uh, NASCAR and, you know, racing, you know, throughout the United States. Kenny, what is the racing community like in St. Louis right now? Are you feeling a buzz, sort of a, uh, a vibe throughout the community because of what Worldwide Technology Raceway is doing that really is the hub of everything that's going on right now? I do, and uh, I'll go a little deeper into that. So every time I get a chance to brag on Curtis Francois and Chris Blair, who run you know, the racetrack across the river there, I'm going to. So, you know, remember Gateway, the racetrack was shut down, you know, and was going to be, uh, you know, a scrap metal company was going to scrap all those aluminum and steel bleachers. And, you know, our hero, Curtis Francois, came in and literally saved the day. I mean, within a couple of weeks, uh, I am very good friends with Curtis. We sat down. He told me the whole story. I gave him a big hug, and I said, thank you for saving racing in St. Louis. And, of course, Curtis hired Chris Blair, and Chris is the, you know, in charge of promoting the racetrack. So together they have done great things. And, you know, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say that NASCAR is going to reward our racetrack a lot more in the future. I'm looking at NASCAR in 2021, especially really, really changing their look. You know, in 2021, NASCAR is coming out with a brand-new race car. Uh, the car is going to cost uh, $500,000 each. The teams are no longer going to be able to fabricate them. You're going to have to buy bolt-on pieces. Now, the fans aren't going to tell a difference, but what I'm trying to say is there's going to be a big change in 2021, like huge, like unbelievable. And, you know, I'm hoping that maybe – at, at our racetrack, you're going to see some maybe some midweek racing, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, some type of bigger NASCAR races. And, and I think Curtis and Chris and everybody in St. Louis deserve that. So stay tuned. We are not done. Things are going to get bigger and better in St. Louis with NASCAR. And finally, what do you expect to see today in terms of qualifying for the Daytona 500, and who would be your favorite next week? Well, I was just looking at history. Like the last, since 2015, uh, Jeff Gordon in 2015 uh, set quick time, and he started first in the Daytona 500. I, I look at the Rick Hendrick, Hendrick Racing teams to do it again. You know, it's, it, you know listen, it's like old Rick Flair says, you know, to be the man, you have to beat the man. And right now, Hendrick has proved over the last, you know, so many years that they're the ones to beat. So uh, we'll see. That's why we watch, and that's why we play the game of sports. But I, I look at Hendrick doing it again. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to catch up with you soon, and can't wait to see what's in store for Worldwide Technology Raceway and NASCAR in the future. Kenny, an absolute blast. Always great having you on KMOX, and these segments are never long enough. And I, and I really enjoy following you on social media, too. You're really good at it. Thanks, Thank you, Tom. buddy. I appreciate you, man. There's Kenny Wallace. Bye-bye.
He is the best. We're going to come back and talk to Brad Luce, who is a former assistant coach at the University of Missouri. He still works for the university, and his daughter, Ryan, is absolutely wonderful. And the rally for Ryan yesterday, another winner for the Tigers. Brad Luce is next on KMOX. We're back on KMOX. Our final segment is with Brad Luce, the former Mizzou assistant coach, currently with the Mizzou Athletic Department, and always a treat to visit with him, especially after another successful rally for Ryan. First of all, the Tigers won the game, and they won it 83-79 in overtime. We're happy about that, but we're even happier to know that a lot of money was raised for rally for Ryan and for pediatric cancer research and awareness. How are you, Brad? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I'll i be honest. I, I don't know how good of an interview I'm going to be today because I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know what to say about yesterday. It was just uh, an, an incredible day all the way around. It's amazing. First of all, Ryan is doing very well, isn't she? Yeah, she's doing great. She's uh, 38 months uh, cancer-free now, so we're a little over three years. And, uh, you know, she's just your typical 11-year-old little girl, uh, or 11, 9. Don't tell my wife I said that. <laughs> um, she, she's 9 going on 19, and uh, you'd never know anything was wrong with her. That's so cool and so awesome and beautiful. And I saw her video recently promoting Rally for Ryan, and the family continues to push uh, to raise funds. And you had someday, how much do we have a total yet? Yeah, we raised uh, just over $80,000 wow. uh, yesterday. And then we, we did a couple smaller things leading up to it in conjunction with the game. But, yeah, all, all together we raised 80 freaking thousand dollars. It's really amazing. That's incredible. 11,439 in attendance. I know a lot of other people made a push online as the Tigers went on to win 83-79. And just to feel that love from Mizzou fans is very, very special. The people get excited for your day. It's everybody's day, but it's your family's day, Brad. And, and the fact that that community has gotten behind you from day one has to be very special. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's really amazing. You know, the, the, the community of Columbia, you know, the state of Missouri, it's the Mizzou family in general. Uh, it's very humbling how everyone has embraced this cause and, and taken to Ryan's story. And, uh, you know, it, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's really a special day for our family, but uh, extremely humbling at the same time. You know who had a great game yesterday? A lot of people, first of all. But <laughs> Reed Nico, who you recruited, had yeah. himself a game. That guy's playing now. Jeremiah Tillman's out, and Reed Nico has stepped up in this season. Yeah, you know, the special thing about Reed, he, he's had so much adversity uh, leading up to this year, just from his dad passing away when he was in high school and then, you know, we, we sign him, and uh, as soon as the season ends, he finds out that he's got to have double hip surgery leading in the summer, leading up to his freshman year of college, which really set him back, uh, you know, the better part of a year and a half. Finally gets healthy from that, and then he has a high ankle sprain, with, which, you know, in his case, he'd almost been better just breaking his ankle just because he's such a big guy. Um, you know, it just took him a long time to recover from that, so – it's just been one thing after another after another for Reed. It's really neat to see him finally have the success that we envisioned for him all along. And he's just such a great kid, um, you know, and uh, just really happy to see him have success. Leading scorer was Xavier Pinson with 24 points, but Nico had 11 points and 11 rebounds. A double-double as the Tigers won the game over Arkansas, 83-79 on Rally for Ryan Day. They're now 5-0 and 
on Rally for Ryan Day. That is just remarkable. To learn more, go to Rally for Ryan, R H Y A N dot org to learn more about who you can raise funds for pediatric cancer research. Brad, thanks for taking a few moments here on KMOX Radio. We'll get your Cardinals going here shortly. Yeah, I love it, man. It's about that time. Me and my, my dad's actually in town. Uh, he came up to the game, and he was just talking about how he's trying to find a uh, a week to sneak down and go watch some spring training ball, so I'm going to have to give him your number. That's awesome. Uh, please do, absolutely. And tell Jen hi for us as well, and have a great day. Will do. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate you. Help us spread the word. There is Mizzou's very own Brad Luce on KMOX. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.